I don't care what Chris Rock called Jada. I don't care what. He could have called her a bald-headed bitch. He could call her a cue ball cutie, a cue ball cunt, right to her fucking face. I don't care. 100% wrong. And where do you draw the line? If, if, um, if, if a verbal dishonor allows for violence, if someone verbally dishonors you, are you then allowed to enact violence upon them? If that was the case, then this whole thing could have been alleviated and solved at that red table talk. You all saw that. And again, like, don't want to be getting too much into their marriage and stuff other than what they put out there. I remember just sitting in shock and horror at listening to her ramble on this crazy story about an entanglement. I don't even remember exactly what she said. All I remember was like, is she saying this to Will Smith, A-list celebrity? Multi-millionaire? Cultural icon? Cross-racial successful performer? Businessman? All the business and contracts that come with being a successful actor on that magnitude? Is she sitting here saying this to him? And if a verbal dishonor warrants violence, this whole thing could have been alleviated. Will could have just stood up and walked over to Jada and uh, in line with the 1950s, 1960s. I'm your husband, the father of your children. Don't you dare disrespect me like that. Don't you dare disrespect this family like that this whole little podcast setup i am a movie star you understand who your husband is get the shit out of my house right now this whole red table this whole shit it's done get it out that's if um verbal dishonor mint warrants violence if that makes sense. And of course, to any thinking person, it doesn't make sense. Wagwan! What's happening, fam? It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent April 4th in the year of our Lord. 2022. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Hey folks, how you doing? Great to be here. If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast, this is a show where I bitch, whine, squawk, bellyache, and kibitz about myself in order to relate to y'all self, y'all the dear listener, y'all the dear viewer, that is. Shared experiences, kindred souls, BFFs forever. You know, I'm going to get into your panties. You know, I'm going to get into your psyche. I'm going to get into your soul. I'm going to get into your will. You know? Yeah. Won't that be a surprise to your, uh, you know, children and loved ones when, you know, you kick the bucket and it's like, what kind of a will is this? He's leaving everything to JR the P, Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast. Motherfucker. That's how much you're going to love me. I'm gonna make you love me. Well, I'm not gonna do anything, really. I don't give a shit. Go suck a dick. Why am I being so defensive? I'm sorry. I do love you. Don't make me slap you. We're gonna get into that, you know. Even though it's kind of a odd comparison. Slap heard around the world. Getting fucking slappy with it. Na 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 Getting slappy with it. How do you make a joke about something as horrific as that? What a display. Anyways, we're going to get into that. So, you know, JR the P, current events, entertainment, 
you know, politics, social issues, my performing career, you know. The whole kit and caboodle, folks, you can't go wrong. The show's available on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, my own website, Janathan, pronounced Janathan, Janathan Ramcharan.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, guffaws, chortles, please, would you help my black ass out already? Share me with a friend. Sharing's caring, folks. You know it truly is. Yeah. So, if you're new to the program, as I aforementioned, if you know, if you don't know, if you may or may not know, I am an actor extraordinaire. That's being the bone, ladies and gentlemen, and damn proud of it. Well, what's new in my world? I didn't get the part. Type of shit that makes you stick to your stomach, you know? If you recall from the last previous episode or the last couple episodes, I was talking about, you know, self-taping. You know, that's the kind of thing in the acting trade, you know. In the acting trade, there's a thing called a self-taping. That's where, you know, you video record yourself auditioning for a part. You know, you you get the sides. They call it the sides, like a side salad. The sides. And it's just like, you know, basically like a little chunk of text little text, little chunk of script, the sides, and, you know, you recite them into a camera, you know. Okay, uh, taking it from the top. Act 5, Scene 2. Who stole my dildo? They had no right to steal my dildo. I want justice. And, you know, those are your lines. Who stole my dildo? you record it and then you you email it to the casting director or the director or what what not so in the last previous episodes i was talking about um some self-tapings i had done and you know i didn't get the part don't really care to be honest didn't really like the more i go along in my career the more i just accept whatever happens you know, um, I don't know. I'm a very unique to myself person. And I don't, I, I tend to, I start to see that everything in my career has kind of been tailor-made. You know, J.R. the P, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. Um Suitable for no audiences. Jonathan Ramtran, suitable for no audiences. That's the stand-up comedy special I recently wrote, produced, performed, and directed. Put it out there on YouTube. You can check it out on my YouTube channel. Um, there's some little acting work in there. A um, couple other comedy things that are on my channel. Jonathan Ramcharan, Time Alone. That's another... Uh, little independent snippet that I slapped together in the midst of a drunken, stoned-out bender back in, uh, you know, like 2014, 2015. I made these whacked-out recordings. Quite proud of them, as fucked up and as debauched as they were. So it's like everything's been kind of tailor-made. You know, my um, educational process... Went and studied um, theater in college. Got a diploma in theater arts. For whatever the hell that's worth. And I'm just finding that I don't know. It Whenever something actually materializes for me in my career, it's absolutely the right thing. What what becomes of the project, what I learn from it, what I put into it. So when I don't get a part, it was meant to be. 
And I mean, I guess that's easy for the loser to say. <laughs> so uh, we're standing here with a marathon runner, uh, Jonathan Ramcharan. You came in dead last in this marathon. You are literally the last person to cross the finish line in this marathon. What do you have to say? Well, I mean, if I come in dead last, then it was meant to be. It's easy to say, say la vie when you're the fucking loser time and time again. I didn't get the part. Well, it was meant to be. But I mean, truly, it was meant to be. I remember kind of reading the lines and stuff too. I'm like, ah, fuck this. You know, I mean, can't even blame the director. He saw through my facade. This guy doesn't seem to want to really want the part. <laughs> he saw through my jadedness, probably. But um, whatever the fuck. Um, but I mean, that, that in itself is just a lighthearted approach because whatever I get involved in, I believe in giving 110% and, uh, which is exactly what I would have done had I gotten the role. But, um, I don't know. It just wasn't meant to be. And... I never really knew or thought about the rejection level of being a performer. And that's something you hear a lot. People are always talking about, oh, you know, the acting trade. They 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 come up with they come up against so much rejection, which is absolutely true. And it always kind of rubbed me as just comes with the territory i never really never really wallowed in it or was afraid of it never feels good to get rejected but it was just something i never thought of and now that i'm speaking on this and now that i've gone through this so many times of just no 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 It does kind of breed a certain resiliency. And um, really what it's doing is it's making me take stock of what's important in my career for me at this point. And uh, hey, with a grain of salt, I live to see another day. Hallelujah. I go forward. And um what it did do was, as I said, make me assess what is important. I have this other audition that I was considering applying for, self-taping, sending in a self-tape for this other part. But the more I thought of the part, and the more I read the breakdown, and the more I kind of investigated the production company and some of the politic involved, it kind of hit me like, mm, like I'm really not in a position to be so choosy you know, it's really about just, you know, building a rep, doing what I can. But I choose to be choosy, even though I'm not in a position to be choosy. I'm like, you know, I really, I'm kind of interested in the part, this new opportunity. Kind of interested in this part, but not really so interested in the part. So, as of yesterday, last night, I kind of decided, nah, I'm going to let it pass. I'm just going to pass on it. This uh, new audition that came my way. I decided, you know what? In accordance to what I've been shown and what I'm seeing and what I'm understanding about my career, I really just only have the time for the things that I want to do. And, you know, why take the money-making role with no money, you know? Like, a lot of times, if that makes sense, why take on the money-making mindset if there's no money to be made? Because I'm, I'm very much on a humble basis right now. I'm very, still, I'm very much still growing my career. And, you know, I do enough of my own projects that I can build my own exposure through the work that I do. Why attach myself to other things that, I don't really want to do. Why should I take away my time from JR the P, Jonathan Ramchand, the podcast, that needs 
nurturing and growing or my own independent independent projects like as i mentioned jonathan ramtran suitable for no audiences the comedy things that i do on my youtube channel the projects that i put together why should i take away from that to chase after something else especially if there's no payday i'm kind of at that point because like you when you criticize these famous stars for like um Oh, I can't believe they made this stupid romantic rom-com or this jokey, hacky, buddy cop film or whatever. And they trash them for these hacky little films that they make. But come on, they're adding their talent to something and there's a major payday. And in that major payday, they can support themselves, their family and invest in broadening their horizons, doing more meaningful work for themselves you know so it makes sense you see what i'm saying like sometimes you you look at a big star and they take these crazy stupid roles well there was a payday and it it's going to help them to do what they need to do in the future whereas for me it's like all these little pitiful projects that there's no payday for and the projects are kind of whack anyway like why bother with them You know what I mean? But then again, there's also the thing about, well, you got to take risks and take chances and do things and make connections. It's not exactly easy what to know, what to do with a career. Not always easy. So... Suffice to say, I didn't get the part. Moving forward, I'm going to follow my gut. I'm going to keep on doing things that are important to me. I'm going to take it one day at a time. And I'm going to keep an open mind. Because, hey, you know, like I'll fucking literally work for peanuts. Like my favorite food is peanuts. P-E-A-N-U-T-S. That's how you spell peanuts. P-E-A-N-U-T-S. Peanuts. Like Charlie Brown. Womp, 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 womp. Peanuts. I like peanuts. I would literally work for peanuts. I could survive off of peanuts. Like a big bag of peanuts. If they chose to pay me in peanuts, I would do it. Doing it for the love. Doing it for the craft. The longevity. The furtherment. The leveling up. Oh, just take it in stride and all in a day's work. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor extraordinaire. Yeah. I'm also a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Yes. One thing that's been on my mind lately is... um, Something interesting in the game of comedy. And it's a question that I'm going to pose to y'all, the dear listener. And then I'm going to answer it in my own subjectivity. What do you do when your friends and family don't find you funny? Hmm? What do you do? What do you do when your friends and family don't find you funny as a comedian? Or, to broaden the scope, what do you do when the people in your life, your loved ones, your family, your friends, don't support your endeavors? What do you do? You know, um, I've been thinking about that lately. Um... Not to cry a river, but that's sort of my position. That is my position. My friends and family don't support what I do. I would say more than anything, they're just living their own lives, much as I'm living my own. And that's something that you don't always hear 
from the performer, interestingly enough. You watch all these talk shows and you, 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 you hear all these biographies about these struggling artists and what they had to do and overcome. And the storyline always seems to be, you know, I just coming up as a young musician, I remember, you know, no one believed in me and, you know, like the band's not going to make it. You're never going to make it. My father said I was a loser. My mother wanted nothing to do with me. She kicked me out of the house. My friends and family, they would just borrow money off of me and tell me I was no good and no nothing and da-da-da-da-da. These long, winding, touching stories of just a disconnect, you know? I'm going to call it what it is, a bunch of pussies, you know, crying and whining because whining their friends and family don't give a fuck about them. What, you don't like fucking polka dot door polka music, huh? You know, I started this polka band and my dad didn't respect it or whatever the fuck they're crying about, you know what I mean? And, I mean, it, it breaks your heart, you know, it really does, you know, and when you got somebody who, who loves what they do, like, yours truly stand-up comedian not that i love it so much is that you know i ain't one of those that's another thing i'm not one of those comedians either that are in love with the art and all that it's something that i like doing it feels great when it's working painful as sin when it's not i mean who the hell wants to stand stand and deliver a bomb you know you ever stand in the wake of a bomb doesn't exactly feel that great folks but when you're killing, when them wheels are spinning, when them plates are turning, boy, when that c- crowd is rolling, oh, hot diggity, nothing like it when you're killing, right? And as I mentioned, painful as sin, standing in the wake of a bomb, you know, tail between your legs, slink off stage. Well, that was my time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Jonathan Ramcharan. Good night. Dead silence and you just slink off stage. And I remember there was this one um, Smashing Pumpkins song that I used to play. (laughs) There was this one Smashing Pumpkins song off the album Adore uh, called Shame. (laughs) I don't really know the deeper meaning of the song. Other than just some of the lyrics kind of fit uh, the situation. So like when I would bomb on stage, right? You know, I'd be walking home and I'd put on my headphones, right? And I'd play Shame on my MP3 player uh, by, by uh, the Smashing Pumpkin. It's like, you're gonna walk on home. <laughs> you're gonna walk alone. You're gonna see this through. Don't let him get to you. Sh 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 shame. Sh 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 shame. 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 You know that sultry, creepy, soulful, sorrowful rockin', retarded voice of Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins. Shame. Love is good and love is kind. (laughs) Shame. Listening to my shame songs, fucking slinking home after a complete bomb on stage. I mean, doesn't exactly feel good. And to top it off, your friends and family don't believe in you. They think you're just as garbage as the audience does. Your own friends and family. I mean, if I had one fan in the audience, I think it would be my mother. You know? Fucking turncoat. Boo! Is that my aunt? You fucking bitch. What, you didn't like the Christmas present this year? Now you're booing me in the audience? You know? Shame. <laughs> so, you know, could be.
be real gut wrenching going through them uh, phases. And yes, it is painful and turmoilful and turmoil filled, turmoil, turmoil filled, turmoil full. That's a word. Um, it's all them things. But interestingly enough, when you know you got these fucking artists blubbering about their relationships and the pain that they go through, um. You never hear him say, like, well, what's the flip side of that? I mean, I got a lot of friends and family that I could give a fuck less what they do. You know, they got some dinky job as a mechanic or, like, a fucking an accountant or they work at a daycare or whatever the fuck they do, you know? It's not like I'm up in arms, like, oh, wow, great, like, you know? Where's my support of them? Now, it's not always true with me. I'm always very supportive of people and excited to see people be happy. I feel like I've always supported people around me. I would never... I mean, there was always something disgusting about trying to break a dream. Some people try to do that with their words and their careless words. So, I always knew there was something ugly about trying to break a dream. So, when somebody told me their dream, I'd just be like, cool! Yeah, you're going to start a business. Awesome. Keep it up. Let me know. Awesome. You're going to repair shoes. Word, man. Like if I ever have a hole in my shoe, I'll make sure to bring my shoe to you. You're going to make it, man. Like it wasn't in my nature to want to crush a dream. Yet a lot of people do that when they're in misery and when they're in pure hell. So... When it comes to like friends and family disrespecting what you do or specifically as I'm speaking, like when people don't find you funny, I just remember that they don't have to find me funny. And um, one thing I take pride in my career is that It's still very much on the come up. There's so much more to be revealed. I'm so happy and fortunate to be on the journey of it. Excited to see what will happen. You know, it keeps me guessing. And something that I take refuge in, something I revel in, something that really humbles me, excites me, and um, provides for me, is the notion that To a great extent, you know, they never wanted me, they never needed me, but they don't know any better. (laughs) That's really how I look at it, because like, it's all about exposure. And how do you get that exposure is... Very hard fought for or just completely unexpected? Because the game of performing ain't quite like any other game. It's not like people are like, oh wow, another comedian when you show up the at when you show up at the comedy club. Ain't nobody doing shit for you until you get it yourself. You know, you, know, you know how many jobs I've been offered in the 9 to 5 world? Everywhere you turn, there's somebody trying to give you a job. Hey, you ever think about apprenticing to become a mechanic? Hey, you ever think about apprenticing to become a construction worker? Hey, you ever think of, um, I don't know, going back to school, becoming a... You know, you should really get into IT communications. IT communications, information technology. It's the way of the future. You ever think about doing this? You ever think about doing this? You want a job? You want a job? Everywhere you fucking turn in the 9 to 5 world. Somebody's trying to thrust a job upon you. I double dare you. Double dog dick dare you. Take one fucking step into performing. Any of y'all fucking laymans out there. Any of y'all want to be comics. I dare you. Take one fucking step into the game of show business. 
Slam. Slam. Door slam. I mean, they smile and wave and uh, it's all... Da, 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 da. But behind closed doors, buddy, I mean, yo, it's your career. Go out and get it yourself. Don't call us. We'll call you. And, oh, by the way, fuck you and what you do. Just keep that in mind. Fuck you. <laughs> That's the game, baby. And you can't be mad at it, you know? Got to play to win. So, um, you know, when you got family hating on you, friends hating on you, whoever hating on you, you know, they may not want you, they may not need you, they may not understand you, but suffice to say, they don't know any better. Hallelujah. So there you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan. Stand-up comedian extraordinaire. Shame. Uh, these mental rants that I go on sometimes. Uh, speaking of uh, mental mentalness. The slap heard around the world. Will Smith slaps Chris Rock at the Oscars. I want to start by saying this. My definitive statement on the matter. Of course, I'm going to elaborate. But my main definitive statement on the matter. Will Smith was 100% wrong and as he has paid the cost to be the boss in his career thus far television Film, music, mogul, Will Smith, as he has paid the cost to be the boss in his career thus far, in line with that, he must pay the cost for his actions towards Chris Rock at the Oscars. That slap was 100% wrong uncalled for sickening is the word for it as other artists have spoken up and said sickening I love Will Smith and you know his career has given me much joy you know Back to the days of the Fresh Prince. How many times have you been at home? I remember like, you know, you get the TV guide or you'd go to the TV listing information channel. Oh, what's on? What's on? What's on? Garbage, garbage, boring. Fresh Prince! You click on that, right? In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. And this is where the part everyone fucks up. Chilling out, maxing in his back, shooting some meatball upside the school when a couple of guys that were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight. My mom got scared, saying, you move with your auntie and your uncle in Bel Air. So, uh, whistle for a cab and dibbly dip. Yo, home, smell you later. Like, Fresh Prince, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Uncle Phil, Carlton. Will Smith, his whole vibe and aura, did it not bring you joy? Even in his music, you know what I mean? Like, come on. you tell me you didn't like getting jiggy with it? Or, you know, 
just the two of us or men in black here come the men in black who won't let you remember now the good guys dressed in black remember that in case, in case we make face to face make contact put it by me M.I.B. It's what you think you saw, but you did not see. Then you got the little alien dancing. Just bouncing with me. Just bouncing with me. <laughs> now freeze. <laughs> You're telling me you didn't love Will Smith's music video? You didn't put a smile on your face? Cross-racial? you tell telling me when you were at Walmart bending over to pick up a fucking bag of dog food and getting jiggy with it. Nah, 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 Getting jiggy with it. When getting jiggy with it comes over the fucking loudspeaker at Walmart, you're not telling me you're not fucking happy? The joy that his work and his just essence has brought to cross-cultural generations now, a generation now at least, So, so usually when I see some sort of celebrity gossip and filth, it's something that I wouldn't speak on. And, you know, one, one resounding thing I would hear people say, and it's kind of hypocritical in a sense, or just, they would go, well, normally I don't care about this celebrity gossip and who really cares, but... Oh yeah, I don't care about the celebrity gossip, but I'm going to sit here and talk about it to get myself views or whatever the hell, right? Like they obviously care about it if they're going to talk about it, right? So, but it is, but the flip side of that as well is, you know, there is a point. It's like in this world of spin and fake news, fake news, in the world of that, who really has time for that celebrity gossip and filth? But this story, this spectacle, witnessed Chris or Will Smith slapping legendary comedian Chris Rock, bigger and blacker, bring the pain. Um, what else? Tambourine. And then his, then his films, you know, New Jack City, um, Down to Earth, um, Lethal Weapon 4. He was in Lethal Weapon 4, wasn't he? Uh, Madagascar. You know, a legend in his own right. You know? Your girlfriend <laughs> pardon my fucking impersonation here but <clears throat> you ever have your girlfriend come home y'all in a bad mood it's like bitch what y'all angry about you work at jc penny what they doing ripping up your shopping bags <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know i love black people but i hate niggas the whole thing. Legendary comedian. Don't gotta remind you. Somebody should have reminded fucking Will Smith who the fuck he was dealing with in that display. You know? How, how are you gonna walk up and slap Chris Rock in front of the world? You know? And as I love Will and as I love Chris not knowing them. As people say, oh, why do people talk on this celebrity gossip? It's meaningless. Well, hold on. As I said, Will Smith actually does mean something to me. You know, it's not like I have a picture of him in my fucking house or anything, but like, I love his work, his films, his television, his music. I enjoy Will Smith. I remember with the Oscars too, like, you know, 
it means something to some people and it means something to me as like a, you know, performer. I remember like coming up and, you know, you would be excited for the Oscars. I remember being excited to see, oh my God, is Denzel Washington going to win Best Actor for Training Day? I remember being excited for, oh, what's going to happen with, um, uh, brilliant, brilliant actor, untimely death, the Joker, Heath Ledger. What's going to happen with Heath Ledger? Is he going to get the post-humus, hubris, hamburger, the post-hamburger award, humus, post-hominus? Award for the Joker, brilliant performance. Like, the Oscars mean things. And then, you know, going back, I would go back and watch Oscar speeches. You know, Pacino, De Niro, Jack Nicholson, Marlon Brando. (laughs) Who did he send up there? He sent fucking, you know, sends fucking... Fucking Pocahontas up there to fucking accept an award for him or something. That mental fucking situation. Whatever the hell that was about. You know, like. And then the legacy of comedic hosts. You know, like the Ricky Gervais, the Billy Crystals. These things mean things to people. You know, you don't fucking. It's not like on your mantelpiece. You don't hang your hat on that. This is what my life revolves around. The Oscars. But they do mean something, right? So it's like... I had it in my ear like, oh, well, whatever, who cares? But then when I really stopped and thought about it, I was like, well, no, man. Like, As a performer, as a fan, it actually kind of means something to me. As I'm sure it kind of means something to others. I mean, it was a very odd thing to see and again Will Smith 100% wrong I don't care what Chris Rock called Jada I don't care what he could call her a bald headed bitch he could call her a cue ball cutie a cue ball cunt right to her fucking face I don't care 100% wrong. And where do you draw the line? If, if, um, if, if a verbal dishonor allows for violence, if someone verbally dishonors you, are you then allowed to enact violence upon them? If that was the case, then this whole thing could have been alleviated and solved at that red table talk. You all saw that. And again, like, don't want to be getting too much into their marriage and stuff other than what they put out there. I remember just sitting in shock and horror at listening to her ramble on this crazy story about an entanglement. I don't even remember exactly what she said. All I remember was like, Is she saying this to Will Smith, A-list celebrity, multi-millionaire, cultural icon, cross-racial, successful performer, businessman, all the business and contracts that come with being a successful actor on that magnitude? Is she sitting here saying this to him? And if a verbal dishonor warrants violence, this whole thing could have been alleviated. Will could have just stood up and walked over to Jada and uh, in line with the 1950s, 1960s. I'm your husband, the father of your children. Don't you dare disrespect me like that. Don't you dare disrespect this family like that this whole little podcast set up i am a movie star you understand who your husband is get the shit out of my house right now this whole red table this whole shit it's done get it out 
That's if um, verbal dishonor mint warrants violence. If that makes sense. And of course, to any thinking person, it doesn't make sense. So I don't get these people who like, we support Will. We stand with Will. I love Will. He was 100% wrong. And as he has paid the cost to be the boss in his career, the boss. He has paid the cost to be the boss in his career. Phenomenal career. I still love his work. I still will support it. As he's paid the cost to be the boss in his career, he now has to pay the cost. The 100% cost. In this whole Chris Rock entanglement. And it's a cost that, as ugly and as unfortunate as it is, he can recover from. He did something very foolish. It was seen by everyone. Luckily, Chris Rock hasn't pressed charges as of yet. Luckily, Chris Rock didn't retaliate with violence. I mean, he could have cracked Will a good one over the head when Will turned his back on him. The mic stand or something. You know, he's lucky. And, you know, this doesn't mean Will Smith is canceled and over. It just means that he has to pay the cost. And that is for the people near and close to the situation to determine. From my viewpoint as a fan, Chris Rock forgave him by not retaliating or pressing charges. And I don't have anything to forgive him for. He didn't do anything to me. I'm still a fan. And um, I'm sure he's going to move on through this and find a way to better himself. And uh, from the outside looking in on that marriage, (sighs) judging from what they put out there, judging from what I've seen them say on the Red Table Talk, they seem miserable. So they have to figure out a way to deal with that. That's best for them. Because um, especially as a fan of Will, I mean, I don't... You know, like, I I would like to see him come back from this. Salute Chris Rock. Handle it like a champ, like a pro. I mean, one thing that also kind of... kind of disheartened me a little bit was, you know... Number one, I knew it was real from the start. I knew that was real. Because as just for myself, obviously on a lower level but as a performer well lower social recognition level I ain't no fucking slouch on the mic but um you know on a lower level just watching watching what happened there and what transpired I'm like oh no 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 that's not that's not entertainment bro that's not no 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 that's not that's not wanted or desirable getting slapped and then that awkward keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth then he said it twice get my wife's name out your fucking mouth awkward unfunny unentertaining unhinged violent people are like oh are they joking (laughs) well if they are I don't what purpose it serves, what value it served, what I would not know. Because <laughs> that is what it exactly looks like, a fucking meltdown. And, uh, <laughs> you know, one thing that really disheartened me was just seeing poor Chris get slapped. And, like, you know, he was leaning in, having fun. And, oh, here comes Richard. Here comes Richard. You know, just... 
Come on, man. You see Will Smith walking towards you. You think something funny or fun's going to happen. You would never in your million years suspect Will Smith of just hauling off and slapping someone um, physically unprovoked. I mean, you think you would have more sense than to physically assault someone who did not physically provoke him. He didn't physically, Chris didn't physically provoke Will, you know? And, uh, you know, he hauls off and slaps poor Chris. And then I remember just, you know, poor Chris, you know, I saw his feet. You know, we call it stand up. You stand and deliver. You know, you see poor Chris just, he stood and delivered. He had to regroup. You see his feet kind of hit the mark, come back to center, and just ground himself and continue on. That's pro. That's pro. So. Yeah. All the best to them. Well, that about does it for another episode of JR the P, Jonathan Rancher on the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in, folks. Till next time. Hallelujah. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran, reporting live for duty on this magnificent April 20... what? April 4th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Yeah, Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. What the fuck? Didn't want to have to talk about it, but yo, uh, this was kind of important for me. Made me think a bit, so I had to. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. My own website, jonathan-ramtaran.com. And as always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, getting some laughs, chuckles, gags, and false turtles, please, would you help my black ass out? Share me with a friend. Till next time, folks. You live it, you love it, you realize it. Bye.